Hello and welcome to Vipers Voices. I'm Brian Murgatroyd and in this episode we're looking ahead to the Desert Vipers' third match of the DP World ILT20 against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders in Abu Dhabi on Friday the 20th of January. And we're also reflecting on Game 2 against the same opponents in Dubai. To do that, we're joined by birthday boy Gus Atkinson, who picked up two wickets in an impressive display on Wednesday night, and director of cricket Tom Moody. Before we do any of that, though, a reminder that if you want to go along to any of the Desert Vipers matches, tickets are still available and they can be bought via the Platinum List website and app. Plenty to chat about then, so let's dive in. So, it's two from two for the Vipers thus far after wins over the Sharjah Warriors and the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders, but director of cricket Tom Moody says that looking too far into the future isn't something the players and staff are entertaining at the moment. It's an old cliche, but it really is a case of one match at a time. You know, it'd be nice to find ourselves in the top two, but we've only played two games. You know, it's so early in the tournament to be thinking that far ahead. Um, you know, when we get towards the back end of the group stage and that's when we can start looking at where we can potentially be positioned, whether that be we're out of the four, we've got to win our last two to be in the four, or whether that be we need to win the last game to end up top of the table. All those things are way too far ahead for us to be focusing on that because if we are, we'll be tripping over what's in front of us. And Tom's also happy to heap praise on UAE all-rounder Rowan Mustafa after his contribution to the latest victory following his dismissal of star batter Colin Ingram and then scoring 23 from only 11 balls as an opener alongside Alex Hales. What you find in T20 cricket is, you know, small contributions like that are a lot bigger than what, you know, are seen by the general audience, you know, just those impact innings or those critical overs that do remove key players. You know, we, we so often look at the person that's taken three or four wickets and praise them or the person that's got a 50 or a 70 and praise them, but it's those small things that uh, really knit a team together and a performance together. And I'll add to not only his batting and bowling performance in the field, he's been an absolute standout and his contributions, his energy have been significant. As for Gus Atkinson, celebrating his 25th birthday in the day between the two matches against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders, he says he's still pinching himself over his major role at the Desert Vipers. It just sort of, sort of happened. I, you know, I was meant to be out here as a net bowler in the first place, but you know, to be starting in the first game was something I wasn't really expecting. But you know, I think I performed well in the, the warm-up game both well in the net so yeah it's gone gone quite well so far <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty cool to be honest sometimes I feel like I'm not worthy but um, no it's very good I'm quite lucky to have played with some great players at Surrey but you know playing with some great players here at Desert Vipers is, is very cool and he says the team will be taking nothing for granted in the next match despite having beaten the Knight Riders already yeah, it's a, it's a very big game. Um, I think every game, you know, there's only six teams in the comp, so every game is very important. But, you know, a team who's not from three is quite a dangerous team because they've sort of got nothing to lose. So, you know, with the players they have, uh, anything could happen really, but fingers crossed to get the job done again. 
We've got interviews with both men coming up here on Vipers Voices. Let's start off with Tom Moody, and he began by telling us that despite two victories to start the DP World ILT20, the team is far from the finished article just yet. Absolutely, there's uh, room for improvement. I think in franchise cricket, you, you want to build towards the back end of the tournament. Uh, if you're playing your best cricket right at the beginning, um, it uh, can be a concern because you can fall off the, the, the edge of the cliff. So, you know, we know that with the bat, we can, there's areas we can improve, certainly in the field. We can continue to, to sharpen up our skills in the field. And with our bowling, uh, there's areas that we can improve. And we also got to appreciate that, you know, the team balance is going to change. So there's going to be different personnel coming into the side that are going to have to get familiar with the conditions here at the new, in, in the UAE and also familiar with the pressure of uh, game time. Even after just one match, it's almost as if we've run out of superlatives for Waninda Hasaranga already, haven't we? Yeah, oh, look, we, we, we knew that, uh, you know, signing uh, Wanindu was a, was a massive coup for, coup for, the, for the franchise. He's a world-class player. He's been at the top of his game for some time. So it was no surprise to see him have an impact early. Uh, he loves the big occasion. He enjoys bowling here in the UAE. Um, it's nice for him, uh, or for any player for that matter, to, to, to get a foot in the door early in a tournament with a performance. We've seen Alex Howells do that. We've seen Sam Billings do that. Uh, and for, for, for Winindu to do that as well, it's, uh, it's great for him because he can just settle in the environment a lot easier. Um, you know, we know that uh, he's ad- added a huge amount to our bowling attack and look forward to watching him bowl throughout the tournament. And what's to say about Alex Hales? Two games, two half-centuries and two match-winning contributions already. He's been superb, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been in terrific form over not just the last year, but I think in franchise cricket for the last three years, he's, he's pretty much dominated wherever he's been. Uh, what impressed me most uh, out of yesterday's performance was his composure. You know, we, we've seen an Alex Howells that will go at a strike rate of, you know, high, hun- high hundreds to 200, but yesterday he was more measured. He, he assessed the conditions, recognised there were certain threats in the opposition and was prepared to sit in the game a bit. And I think that shows the maturity of the player, the experience of the player. And uh, to have, you know, you know the ability to, to be able to do that with the confidence to do that is, uh, is only great for us as a team. It's a strange thing to say, but do you have any concerns about the middle order's lack of time at the crease because of the two convincing wins? Uh, not at this stage. Um, you know, it's only two games in, but the... the, the, the the great value we have is that these players are getting plenty of volume around training. So they're, you know, it's not like they're, you know, the starved of getting, you know, bat on ball and, and uh, that sort of preparation time. So, yeah, look, um, you know, they're all ready to go uh, and itching for their opportunity. And that's the most exciting thing. But certainly in preparation, they're getting the volume that's required. And I'm sure when the, uh, when the moment comes, they'll step up. Now, an unsung hero of Game 2 was Rowan Mustafa. He got a vital wicket of Colin Ingram, and then, with the bat, he blazed away at the top of the order for 23 from 11 balls to remove all scoreboard pressure from the chase. He's been terrific, hasn't he? Absolutely, and what you find in T20 cricket is, you know, small contributions like that are a lot bigger than what, 
you know, are seen by the general audience, you know, just those impact innings or those critical overs that do remove key players. You know, we, we so often look at the person that's taken three or four wickets and praise them or the person that's got a 50 or a 70 and praise them. But it's those small things that uh, really knit a team together and a performance together. And I'll add to not only his batting and bowling performance in the field, he's been an absolute standout and his contributions, his energy have been significant. He's relishing this opportunity, isn't he? He missed out on playing in the World Cup and now he's playing like someone with a point to prove. Yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing to see, you know, the, the skill level that he has to think that he didn't play in the World Cup. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it is puzzling to, to understand why that would be the case because you have got a genuine uh, world-class player there that's a three-dimensional player in there. Pretty rare to, you know, come across players like that that can bowl at any phase, which he can do as a spin bowler. He's obviously ideal matchup to your left-hand batters, but he's a he's a gun fielder, which which I've touched on, and an impact batter. You know, he hasn't spent a lot of time at the top of the order. He's, you know, mainly spent his time as a middle order impact player, but you know, he's been asked to play a specific role, and he's done it well. He's shown that he has got the skill and and capabilities to do it. Now, the side is settled and the players know their roles. Is that actually a danger because opposition teams know the way the Desert Vipers will go about their business and can plan accordingly? Uh, Not really, because I think our side will evolve as the tournament uh, unfolds as well, with naturally, with, uh, with injuries to players, to form of players, or just combinations that we're looking to, you know, to, to make, you know, subtle adjustments to. So... You know, everyone in the squad uh, will need to be prepared to play uh, and their opportunities will come. And I think at at the end of the day, uh, you don't want to force change just to be unpredictable, but you need to be flexible knowing that, you know, if, you know, a certain circumstance arises that you need to make an adjustment in the batting order or change the way that you attack the power play from a bowling perspective, we've got the skill set to be able to do it and we have the open mind and confidence to be able to back that. It's fine margins in T20 cricket, isn't it, Tom? The Abu Dhabi Knight Riders were 103 for three at one stage and looked set for around 170. Then Alex Hales was dropped on 17, and that could have swung the game. And on top of all that, Akil Hossein and Sunil Narine, the two spinners for the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders, they looked very dangerous when they bowled. So, although the margin was convincing, it's those fine margins that can decide a game. It is. Um, there's no question of that. And I think, you know, you hear the word momentum a lot in T20 cricket. And I think momentum, uh, you know, does favour the sides that are, I suppose, you know, having sides that have got that self-belief and confidence in each other. And I think this side is starting to grow with that self-belief and confidence that, you know, if someone at the top doesn't do it, uh, you, we know that someone in the middle can stand up or if someone early on with the ball, you know, does get hit out of the attack, we've got depth in our bowling options to be able to, 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 to recover the situation. So I think uh, it, you can't take it for granted momentum, but I think it's important that you, you, you continue to work hard to try to take all the positives out of every situation. Talking of positives, the last five overs of the bowling innings in Game 1 cost 54, but in Game 2, those same five overs cost 26. And there was a 36-ball block in the second half of the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders innings without a boundary. That's impressive stuff from the bowlers, isn't it? 
It is, and, and that's, the, that's the advantage of having someone like Hasaranga. You know, he, like your Rashid Khans of the world, have got an incredible ability to be able to squeeze the opposition in the middle of the, of the, middle of the innings. And combining with him, you know, there was contributions from, you know, people like Shiraz, who came in and bowled a, you know, an important over. Benny Howe also played his role. Tom Curran, even though he didn't take a wicket, his four overs were, you know, incredibly valuable. And just, you know, that added pressure creates opportunities when it comes to wickets. So, you know, they were in a reasonably strong position at one point, but we managed to squeeze them and uh, we got rewarded with that. I guess the next target would have to be setting and defending a target, wouldn't it, uh, Tom, given that two wins so far have come batting second? Yeah, look, we've had our um, had our way at the toss, but I, I don't think we would be phased by setting a, a total and and um, you know finding ourselves in a defensive position. I think our attack is quite a, a strong uh, defensive attack as well as an attacking bowling attack. So, um, not that I'm wishing that we lose a toss, but I don't think the toss at the moment really relates to our setup of our uh, playing eleven. I think we are pretty open minded to to you know, bat first or bowl first at, at this stage. And I think conditions are showing so far in the tournament, there's no real advantage. You know, there's no you know, evidence of dew which can have an influence on the toss. So all those other aspects that can sort of sway uh, your decision at the toss, you know, to me, it's pretty even. How important is this next game, Tom? Another win against the Knight Riders would make them winless in four matches and it would keep the Desert Vipers unbeaten and put six points between the two sides. It's a pivotal game, isn't it? Yeah, I, look, I don't really consider the Knight Riders' position, really. When I, when I look at uh, tournament cricket, I look at, you know, very much internally what we're doing and how we can continue to improve. And as I said, there are aspects of our game that I think are short of where we need it to be, um, and that's... You know, our next game against the Knight Riders is an opportunity for us to take another step forward, you know, build a, another block of strength as a, as a bowling unit and a batting unit and a fielding unit. So, you know, their uh, concerns aren't our concerns. It's really about, you know, us building as a, as a team and, and getting better as we go through the tournament. Any idea yet what's required for a top four spot, six wins or, or even five? Oh, look, again, I'm not someone that looks too far ahead. You know, to me, it's, it's about our next game. It's about winning our next game and continuing to, 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 to improve as a unit. Yeah, look, ideally, you know, it'd be nice to find ourselves in the top two, but we've only played two games. You know, it's so early in the tournament to be thinking that far ahead. Um, you know, when we get towards the back end of the group stage and that's when we can start looking at where we can potentially be positioned, whether that would be we're out of the four, we've got to win our last two to be in the four, or whether that be we need to win the last game to end up top of the table. All those things are way too far ahead for us to be focusing on that because if we are, we'll be tripping over what's in front of us. Tom Moody, the Desert Vipers Director of Cricket. Tom prides himself on his ability to spot talent and one player he and head coach James Foster have backed for this tournament is Surrey all-rounder Gus Atkinson. A player whose profile around the world wasn't especially high before the ILT20, Gus has been handed the new ball in both the Vipers outings so far and has performed impressively. 
Viper's voices caught up with him on his birthday between the two matches against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders, and first things first, we had to ask him how it felt to be another year older. Uh, feels good, feels good, yeah. It's all come a bit fast, I reckon 25's hit me. Um, but yeah, very good, thank you. It was a nice way to celebrate with a win last night. On paper, it looked straightforward, but it wasn't like that, was it? Yeah, a very good win. Um, the boys, on the bowling, we pulled it back very well. I think they were sort of 90 or 100 off 12 overs. And then to for them to get one three five in the end, the bowlers pulled it back very well. And then um, Bilbo and Hales did the job again with the bat. Nice, good partnership. Um, knocked it off pretty easily in the end. You're being a bit modest there when you say the bowlers, as you're a key part of the attack. Now, you've taken the new ball so far alongside Sheldon Cottrell. Is that something you're used to doing in this form of the game? Not really, to be honest. I have, I've bowled a few a few games with the new ball, but not often. Um, but I'm enjoying it and I, I like it. It's a good opportunity. The ball's swinging up top, so yeah, I take it on. I was going to ask about that because it seems that the ball is swinging more than it would in 2020 cricket in the UK. Is that a fair call? Yeah, definitely. Definitely swinging for longer. Um, usually you might get one or two overs but in the UK, but yeah, definitely some more swing for longer out here. And you're bowling at the death as well. Are you happy doing that? And how do you think that's gone so far? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do any role, to be honest. Um, it, it went decently... Last night went pretty well, to be fair. Um, so I'm happy to take that on. I'm happy to bowl anywhere for the team. So, yeah. With the roles you're playing with the ball, how has it all come about? Has someone sat you down and, and said what's required of you? No, it just sort of, sort of happened. I, you know, I was meant to be out here as a net bowler in the first place. But, you know, to be starting the first game was something I wasn't really expecting. But... Um, you know, I think I performed well in the the warm up game, um, bowled well in the nets. So, yeah, it's gone gone quite well so far. <laughs> You're bowling in tandem with Sheldon Cottrell at the other end. How has that been? Because he's been in terrific form so far, hasn't he? Yeah, it sort of takes the pressure off me a bit, knowing having Sheldon at the other end, someone who's, you know, having a left armer, me being a right armer, swinging it him swinging it into the right hand as me swinging it away. Um, I think it works quite well for us both, yeah. What's it like to play in a team of all the talents? You can go through the side and every player's a top performer. So what's it like to be an integral part of that team? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, to be honest. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm not worthy, but um, no, it's very good. I'm quite lucky to have played with some great players at Surrey, but you know, playing with some Great players here at Desert Vipers is, is very cool. Two games, two wins. What's the biggest learning for you so far about what's happened? I think for me it's just to back back myself when I'm bowling to deliver my best ball. Um, you know, not overthink. Um, that's that's just from my my point of view. But I think as a team we've been we've been very good so far. Now, batting, you made runs and made them impressively in the warm-up game against the Gulf Giants, but you haven't yet had an opportunity in the ILT20. How do you make sure you're ready for that opportunity when it comes around? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, batting lower in the order in T20, sometimes you might get one ball to finish off a game. Um, so it's hard to prepare for, but, you know, I think if you just, you know, 
do your work in the nets and then the outcome will decide itself in the game. Two wins chasing so far. I guess the next target is to win a game setting a target and defending it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, hopefully Manners keeps winning the toss and we don't have to change too much, but um, we've got the Abu Dhabi Night Riders again tomorrow, so hopefully it goes as smoothly as it did yesterday, but um, yeah, fingers crossed. You mentioned winning the toss there and not having to change very much. That's great to be settled, but can it be a disadvantage as other teams can plan to face you more easily? Yeah, it, it can be. Um, you know, I think we, we've done, we've had quite similar two games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when, when we're tested more. Um, but I think we'll adapt all very well. We've played quite a lot of cricket. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to a test in that way. Now it's the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders again next. And it's, it's a crucial game, isn't it? A win would put six points between the two sides and make them winless in four matches. Yeah, it's a, it's a very big game. Um, I think every game, you know, there's only six teams in the comp, so every game is very important. But, you know, a team who's not from three is quite a dangerous team because they've sort of got nothing to lose. So, you know, with the players they have, you know, anything could happen really. But fingers crossed we get the job done again. And what can you tell us of conditions in Abu Dhabi? I don't know, you know too much about it. I played a f- few games there in the T10, but, you know, T10's sort of quite a different game to T20 um, but I know I'll speak to you know the experienced players around and the UAE boys about you know what to expect from that ground and see how we go and how are you going to celebrate your birthday I just chilled out lunch with my dad today and then hopefully nice dinner tonight um, and get a nice early night for the game tomorrow Gus Atkinson a player making an impact for the Desert Vipers in the DP World ILT20 And that's it for this episode of Vipers Voices. As ever, please like and subscribe to make sure you get the very latest interviews and news from the Desert Vipers camp during the DP World ILT20. And a reminder that we'll also be giving you exclusive insider reaction after every Vipers match of the tournament, so please stay with us. And remember, you can also follow the Desert Vipers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook too, as well as visiting the website at thedesertvipers.com. You can also buy tickets for all Desert Vipers matches online. Just look out for them through the Platinum List website and app. For now then, this is Brian Murgatroyd, and as ever, thanks so much for listening.